Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook and I'm delighted to be in your company again. Domestic Violence, the last in this short series. At the moment, here on Serving Today, we're taking a break from our series on Ephesians to think about domestic violence. And in previous programmes, we've been hearing from Zambian pastor Conrad Mbewe. He's been sharing with us some biblical and pastoral wisdom. In this part of the conversation with Conrad Mbewe, he discusses some of the reasons why domestic violence happens, how it tends to be dealt with in society, and what churches can do to support a victim of domestic violence. One area that is is worth mentioning is the tendency for wives to hide the domestic violence. The Western world tends to be very private in one sense, but individuals have this sense of, this is my right, and consequently, if my right is being violated, I'll report to you on the outside. With respect to Africa, we don't have as much of that privacy, partly because we tend to live in village settings, in communities that are very open, uh, and even when we have wall fences around our homes, those are just for security purposes. There's still a lot of interaction between people in the homes. And so even when a woman is showing a swollen face, she'll say, I hit my face against the door. She'll lie when really it's been due to a husband's violence. And the question is often asked, why? I mean, you're being abused, reported. Well, there are a number of reasons. One is that there tends to be the effort to protect the honor of the husband so that even when he is involved in sexual immorality and it's causing a lot of strife behind closed doors, outside the woman will still want to pretend because she wants her husband to really be respected in society. So that's one. The other, which is closely related to this, is that the woman tends to feel that part of her honor in society is that she's a married woman and married to an honorable man. So her own reputation tends to be at stake. If this man chases me, which is the way it's viewed, number one, I'll be looked at as a divorcee. That's terrible stigma. Number two, I won't have the positive honor in society that I was enjoying. And consequently, a lot of things tend to be hidden to the point where even when the woman reports it to the family, the family will still go hush, hush, hush. You know, we can't afford to have this taken on the outside. In a sense, it's good in that, you know, even Jesus teaches that when you're dealing with an issue, begin between the two of you then handle it with just one or two people. So it's only when it goes beyond that 
that then you take it on the outside. So in principle, yes. But when the abuse is continuing and is still being hidden, then you are going beyond Matthew 18 now. You are wrong in hiding it. And what tends to happen is that even when finally a woman feels enough is enough and she reports it to the police, the police also have the same attitude. Come on, this is a domestic issue. <laughs> so get back and, and solve it there. Instead of seeing that we need to protect the vulnerable party, and that's why government is there. That's why the state system is there. It is that the weaker party needs to be protected. They miss that point. And, well, there's been a lot of education now in society. Different police units have come up in our own country, it's called the Victim Support Unit, which is mainly, I mean, if a woman goes there and reports you, you are deemed guilty before you prove yourself innocent, you know, sort of gone into the reverse gear. But still, very few women will go and report the issue because of these views that are there within the society itself. And that tends to strengthen the hands of the abusers. I've been called into one or two situations. I remember one where a man got a Coca-Cola bottle and broke it on the wife's leg and locked the gate, got her cell phones from her and left her bleeding in the kitchen and went to sleep in his bedroom. Thankfully, there was a maid in the home and he forgot she had a cell phone. So she was able to get that. But when she called the police, the police responded to her and said, come on, that's a domestic thing. Sort it out yourselves. She was very disappointed with them. Thankfully, she called her parents. And the father was a soldier. So he came in and that's how they rescued the wife. By the time I was called in and I began to address the husband, I mean, he was obviously quite broken about it all. And one of the things I kept drumming home to him was violence doesn't solve anything. At the end of the day, it just creates bitterness in your wife. You must disciple her. Whatever it is that she did wrong, pay the price of winning her over through biblical discipleship. Now, the gentleman has professed faith, although he hasn't come into the context where he himself can be discipled in a church. And so the stubbornness in him at that level is only manifesting itself in other areas as well. When there is domestic violence and it comes to light, how do you address the whole issue of stigma? How can churches support women who've been very seriously abused and, and they find themselves maybe separated from the family home and from their husband? What practical things maybe can be done? Yes. First of all, let's again divide the two contexts. In the average village context, the support structures are already there within the community itself. For instance, families tend to live in close proximity. So 
the parents or the guardians or the relatives of the woman would normally take her in while this whole issue is being addressed. It doesn't change the fact that the man still thinks I was right in beating her, but it preserves the woman from being a complete outcast, trying to survive on her own. There is the wider domestic context that normally deals with it. With respect to churches, good conservative evangelical churches within the society, what tends to happen is that the pastors are also viewed as community leaders. And consequently, the family tends to call in the pastor so that he then gets involved in helping this couple sort out those issues and come together again. But coming into the city, the city life tends to fragment the family so that the homes tend to be independent. The nearest family members might be in the next city, in the next town, and so on. And that's where the church tends to come in a lot more in terms of taking the woman into one of the elders' homes so that she is there for a while while they are dealing with this matter. Where it's very clear that this was not just an incident, it is a man's ongoing attitude, then clearly the woman would be encouraged to report this to the police because her life is at stake. And even that goes through quite a bit of counseling. However, one major difference between the village setup and the city is that in the city, most women work. They may be marketeers, so they were a little stall in the market where they sell things, or they are professionals, so they, they work in one office or the other. The advantage then is that they are not thinking, I need to go back to my husband simply to survive economically. They are able to manage their lives financially beyond that. And when they go through the court process as well, then the court orders the man, supports the woman, especially when she's looking after kids as well. So that tends to happen. But there's no doubt about it, there is a phase when the woman suffers the stigma of a broken marriage because marriage is honored in society generally. And the thing is to counsel the woman to realize First of all, that God is sovereign. He allows us to go through different phases of life for our upbuilding. So in this particular case, here is a negative experience. What matters is what kind of Christian you will be at the end of that process. So biblical examples are used there for, to just help the church member to go beyond what people think about me to God in my life and what he is taking me through. And then also showing that ultimately, you know, our famous Romans 8.28 passage, that God is doing something wonderful beyond our ability to comprehend, even through this, because in all things, God works for the good 
of those who love him who are called according to his purpose. So there's a whole period of counseling that one goes through. And then also just helping them to get over the grudge, the hurt, the pain, through learning to respond in love to one's enemies and so forth, praying for those who abuse you. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in just the healing process for that individual, helping them to see that ultimately it's sin that brings all this about. So it's not just, you know, that guy's bad, that one is good. It's sin has damaged human nature. And so what you're going through is a fruit of that ugly thing that finally caused us to hang our beloved maker on a cross. Well, our thanks to Pastor Conrad Mbewe for sharing his thoughts and wisdom on domestic violence and indeed for bringing us back to the gospel. And that's the end of this edition of Serving Today. Until next time, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God enable us to support the weak and vulnerable in the name of Christ, our Saviour. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Until next time, goodbye.